Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. I appreciate all of you that are um, buying and sharing our book, Listen, Learn, and Love, Embracing LGBTQ Latter-day Saints. It's at Siegel, it's at Desert Book, it's at Amazon, and we're going to be talking about um, LGBTQ on this podcast. I'd like to introduce my guests that are joining us from Zoom. We have Jace Yuri joining us um, from Idaho Falls. Welcome to the podcast, Jace. Hello. It's nice to be here. How are you? Um, Jace is somebody I met last month. Um, he is 15. He identifies as non-binary. He's a sophomore in a high school in Idaho Falls and just a great um, human being. And we'll talk about pronouns. We'll talk about just his journey. Um, for someone that identifies as non-binary. We also have Jace's parents with us on the podcast. They are joining us from Lehigh, Utah. Karen and Amy Yuri, welcome to the podcast. Good to be here. Will you spell your name? Both. Let's have Amy spell. Everybody that has a name like Amy, I like everybody to spell that. Yeah, so mine is A-I-M-E-E. And Karen, will you spell your name and, and pronounce it correctly in case I'm mispronouncing it? Sure. It's pronounced Curran and it's spelled K-E-R-I-N. All right. I'm going to pronounce it Curran for the rest of the podcast. Um, <laughs> Curran um, offered a wonderful prayer before we started. They're the parents of five children. Curran is in Lehigh because he's had major surgery that he's recovering from and his wife is there with him. Um, and that may be a whole different podcast, but um, we're going to keep this focused on LGBTQ. But he offered just a wonderful prayer. Um, they have two LGBTQ children. Jace that's on the podcast with us, and we may talk about their sister, daughter, at some point in the podcast. Um, with that introduction, I'm just going to have Jace start to share his story. Talk about when you first recognized um, this part about you. Um, it roughly the eighth grade about your gender identity, Jace. Yeah. So for me, it was kind of interesting. So in eighth grade, I had a, uh, friend come out to me as transgender who I'm going to name Eric for the podcast. And he wanted me to go with him to the GSA club at our school because he didn't want to go alone. And he knew that I would go with him if he uh, asked me. So I went with him. And while I was there, I learned a lot about LGBT as a whole, but specifically I learned about the term non-binary and the pronouns they, them. And in my brain, it kind of just clicked. And it was kind of an awakening because I hadn't heard that term beforehand. And I realized it and I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> uh, I identify as non-binary. And so... I was at the GSA meeting and I came out then and there and I was out for a little while and it was both liberating and hard at the same time because for me, it was nice to be able to be who I am. And then also it was hard because at that point in time, we were living in my grandma's house and she had two bedrooms at the time. And so my parents had the bedroom in the basement. My grandma had her bedroom on the main floor. And so all five of us were sleeping in the basement living room. 
And so it was a very cramped space. And so it was, it was very hard for all of us, I would say. And so I was out for a month at school and was myself, but I wasn't out at home because I didn't, I just didn't know how to do it. And I didn't know what would happen. And so I kind of went back into the closet for a little while. Talk and thank you for just sharing um, your story and being brave enough to do this. Talk for our listeners that are hearing the term non-binary for the first time. Talk, share with our listeners what that means. Ooh, so for me, at least, non-binary means that I don't identify as either male or female. And I kind of just identify as myself to put it in the best uh, sense for, for me. Um, non-binary is an umbrella term for a lot of different ones, but that's probably the broadest sense of the word that I can use. Talk about um, biological sex and being non-binary. Ooh, so for me, it's interesting because I recognize that I'm born male, but then I also identify as non-binary. And so a lot of the time I can feel it clashing a lot of the time. And so that was part of why I went back into the closet because I just didn't know how to work it out. And then now it, I feel a lot more at peace with myself because I recognize it's a part of who I am and it's uh, how I identify. You're doing a good job. I'm asking you kind of direct questions, not because you don't understand, just to help our listeners. They may be wanting yeah. to understand the same questions. What, um, for most people, including me, you know, gender identity was biological sex. And so the fact that you were born male, um, that to me just sort of that for some of our listeners just say, well, that's the end of the discussion. <laughs> um, and you're trying to, and, but that for you, for cisgender people, it is the end of the discussion because they feel male yeah. or they feel female and that matches their biological sex. Talk about why you don't feel male or female entirely. Ooh, um, I would say both, that. Right? Yeah. Uh, I would say that for me, it's very interesting because I don't drift either way. I mean, sometimes I, I will, but then that's also just part of growing as a person. And for a lot of like cisgender people, like when you're born male and you identify as male and that's who you are or for um, trans people is another one is where you're born, let's say male, but then you identify as female. And so it's very similar in that context for non-binary and transgender in that there is a clash between who you identify as and who you were born as. Can you give us, you're doing a good job, Jace. Can you give us examples of just um, where you feel, you know, sometimes you identify as male and sometimes you identify as female? Or, and maybe you don't even take on either of those terms. You just identify as non-binary, which I'm kind of putting you, trying to put you back in these two boxes. And maybe you're trying to teach yeah. us that don't do that. <laughs> just let me identify <laughs> as non-binary. Just help us understand if there's examples to, for us to understand. Yeah, for me, I'm in the space in between the boxes. Um, I would say that not necessarily identifying as male or female, but more so just like 
having uh, interests or whatever that can drift either way, but still to the point where not where I would identify as male or identify as female, because at the end of the day, to me, I still identify as neither. Okay, so if you identify as neither, and I want to refer to you as he or she, tell me if that's appropriate or not, or what are the right pronouns for you? Ooh, so for me, my pronouns are they, them. So I go by uh, they, them, their, etc. Um For me, it's very fascinating because it's not necessarily to the point where I would like get mad at you, but I just feel uncomfortable in that situation where if someone were to refer to me as like he, him, which happens a lot of the time, um, I just feel uncomfortable, but it's kind of like if I were to tell you that your name is um, Blake or whatever, like it just feels weird and wrong. Thank you for answering that. So, and we had some interaction um, a month or so at a fireside and I was trying to use the right pronouns. I'm not sure I always did. Um, so <laughs> listeners, if I'm talking about Jace, I would say Jace, they is a wonderful human being. I would say Jace, they're in, you know, if I'm describing you to somebody, I'd say Jace, their interests are or is skiing. Yeah. Um, would I use... Um, and I, maybe I use singular, Jace, their, their interest is skiing, because I'm referring to one person using um, pronouns, they, their. Is that true? Um, it depends. I mean, for the most part, for my parents, whenever they refer to me, uh, they will say, like, Jace, they are an amazing person. And I think that part just comes down to grammar and how you speak. That's <laughs> But either way would be fine with me. And it, uh, if you were to refer to me either way, you're still using my pronouns correctly. And so it wouldn't uh, bother me or annoy me in any, uh, in any way. So, yeah, so that's helpful. So you're fine if I say refer to you in the plural or the singular. Is that true? Yeah. You just as want to use these pronouns, they, their, them. Yeah. And for our listeners, I've just learned to... um honor someone's choices there. And maybe that's where Jace's parents can chime in. I've just recognized that even though that's sometimes hard for me to understand or causes a change for me to have to adjust it to me, it's just a mark of courtesy um, to let, to let Jace decide, you know, what they would like to be names that they would like to be used and pronouns in this case. And that's just part of my baptism covenants to honor people. We're asked as a faith to be called Latter-day Saints. So I just extend the same courtesy back to Jason, all my transgender or non-binary friends, even though it's kind of new space for all of us. Um, maybe ask, let's ask your parents that are here, brother and sister Yuri. Do, um, you've only been on this road for three months, having a non-binary <laughs> child. Um, just share with us sir, your your thoughts about honoring um, Jace's pronouns. You know, I would say um, when Jace initially came out, it didn't go well. It's all <laughs> um, like we, you know, when Jace said, you know, I identify as non-binary, we both just had this confused look, like 
what is that? Like, we, we don't even know what that term is or what it means. And, um, I, when, when Jace came out, I would say I was probably quiet and just quiet and confused. Um, but my husband had a very different uh, (laughs) response. I'll let, I'll let him talk about his and then maybe the journey to get to to where we were. Okay. Um, using they, them. So two approaches occurred. The first approach (laughs) is my dear sweet wife has identified did not go well. The second approach is what we're, we're currently working through. So the first approach, (laughs) my religious training kicked in. Um, and, uh, I had all of these feelings around who we are as children of God. And, uh, I didn't listen. I didn't seek to understand. I didn't, uh, ask Jace about their journey or ask questions. Um, and that was my, that was my biggest mistake that, uh, that Jace and I continue to talk about. Um, and I strive very hard now to rectify that through that seeking to understand, seeking to, uh, learn, um, and then a lot of prayer. And when all of this came about, there was, there was a time when the knowledge was shared between Jace and Amy and I, and there were a lot of questions, some tears, and a lot of faith questioning, uh, a lot. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I come from a very stock pioneer background. Uh, Thomas E. Ricks is my fourth great grandfather uh, from Rexburg. Uh, Thomas Grover, also my fourth great grandfather. David Fulmer, uh, fourth great grandfather. Both of those are in the. Um, Doctrine and Covenants, uh, and I, I come from a very long, long line of pioneer heritage, and so the church is very deeply rooted in in our family, both on my side as well as my wife's side, and and uh, and I I responded in, in a way that I w- that I'm less than proud of, only because. There was some bigotry, right? Some biasness. There were some some falsehoods, some things that, uh, um, uh, and I wasn't being I wasn't being you know accepting and loving and understanding, and wasn't wrapping my arms around Jace, um, and was more or less taking the defensive side, um, and and it was a very defensive conversation. There are sons and there um, are daughters. There right. are sons of God. There are daughters, daughters of, of God. God. Yep. There's no in between. There's no like we we were not at a point of being open minded right. and and yeah. and I would say not only open minded but also open hearts. Correct. Um. So with all of that said, when Amy and I had a quiet moment to ourselves. Yeah. The question that we asked, the fundamental question that changed all of this for us was, where's the end? Our Heavenly Father is a loving Heavenly Father. Where's the end? He loves all of his children, no matter how they identify. What does that look like? And how do I, how do I get there? What does that look like for me? 
What does that look like as a father? What does that look like as a husband? What does that look like? And so that was the fundamental question that changed everything. Where is the end? And and, and I would say during that first conversation, we both communicated to Jace that we weren't sure that we would ever be able to use they, them pronouns. It's true. Yeah. We, weren't, um, we weren't sure we could. And what we committed to at that point was that we would try and say Jace and try and say yeah. you and try to just get rid of pronouns altogether. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it was like, I don't know that I can wrap my head around this when we have called you our son for 15 years. Right. Yeah. I don't know that that, that is ever going to happen. Um, but that was a perfect baby step for both Amy and I to, to, to use Jason you. And then it was, uh, we were, we were separate, um, due to some of the, our other children's needs. She was in Utah. I was in Idaho and she was doing her personal study. I was doing mine. We were doing a lot of praying. We were doing a lot of FaceTime. We were doing a lot of communication over phone. We were talking almost every day, two and three times a day. And in between praying and just really seeking answers from, from our dear Heavenly Father. And one Wednesday morning, uh, I woke up and everything had changed for me. And I felt that, um, uh, I felt this love and this peace come over me that because I was seeking to understand my own child in the way that my Heavenly Father wanted me to understand them, that uh, I could honor them by using the pronouns that that they were asking me to use. And that was a game changer um, because I felt that the the love that a Heavenly Father would have for a child, no matter what gender, uh, or sexual orientation they are, that he loves them regardless. And the feeling I got was that because I was seeking to understand my child in a manner that was uh, pleasing unto my Heavenly Father, that I was blessed with that peace, that understanding, and that I could use those pronouns and honor them uh, in a way that uh, they were requesting to be honored. And so when, we, when, I, we came, when I came back to Utah, we met at a quiet park her and I, we took some time just to go for a walk. Um, and we held hands and I looked her in the eye and I said, sweetheart, I, I can say they, them, I can, I can do this. Uh, and I think that was two weeks after we found out. Yeah. Two or three weeks. It was, um, I would say it was testimony building on steroids. It was. Um, Seriously though. Because it was it was such a struggle during that time, and there were so many other things going on as well, um, that it was like we this we just can't we can't yeah. do this, and and I think by feeling that way, we turned to the Lord in more ways than we ever had before, and searched out so many different resources that we never knew existed. Agreed. Um, yeah. And, and by doing that, we were able to completely change our understanding and our hearts in like two weeks, three weeks. It was this, 
amazing shift. Yeah. Um, and, and we were able to do that and still feel like we were not compromising exactly any of our beliefs. We were yeah. loving our child. I think that's what's most important was there was no compromise. There was only gratitude, understanding, and and thankful hearts. Yeah. This is a great segment. Jace, why did you ask your parents to be on the podcast with you? Um, honestly, because they've been just as part of this journey as I have realistically, like, for example, the fireside that we attended where you were at, my dad was very hopeful that uh, we would let him come with. And absolutely, we said yes, because the reason I came out to my parents both is because when my sister first came out to them, she came out to my mom first, and then she and my mom came out to my dad. And I knew that that had um, frustrated my dad that they that she didn't go to him first. And so when I came out, I wanted to do it to both to make sure that he knew that I respected that and that I wanted him to know that I valued him and his opinion and what he needed to say. And so, and and that's also part of why I asked them to be on the podcast is because I know that they would also have just invaluable insight that I wouldn't be able to give because for me, I am a member of the LGBT, but I am not a parent of a child who's LGBT. And so they'd be able to give invaluable information that I otherwise could not give. What a great answer. This is a family love story. I mean, I felt that at the fireside at the Taylor home in Southern Idaho. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, Karen and Curran, I just sense your great hearts, your love of people, um, and your love of your family. And I love what you're teaching us here as parents is to seek personal revelation for your own children when faced yeah. with unique things. And, and I think it's really good for other parents of LGBTQ people to hear you say it didn't go well at first. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think that's true of most situations. And I, I'm glad you're just honest that way, but I'm glad you kept the family circle communication together. And, um, and it's really cool. You said you talk two or three times a day. Sometimes there's some kids I talk to their, their dads or moms just don't want to talk about this. That's their way of dealing with it. Or they've got an LGBTQ kid. They just, well, if we don't talk about it, it'll just be, it'll just kind of go away and we won't have to ever think about it or talk about it. But I love that as parents, you just said, we're going to talk to Jace about this multiple times a day because we want to understand. And Jace has got this smile on their, on they, their face. You know, I wish you could all see his smile. He, I mean, their smile. You know, the love they have for his parents just was, is so clear. Yeah. And, um, but, Talk about, so I'm going to ask you harder questions. Well, I don't know if they're harder. They're just, <laughs> Jace, some would say, well, this is just a phase that you are just going through a phase. And if we just don't talk about it or you don't talk to other trans um, LGBTQ people, that this will be, well, this will just kind of pass and yeah. you will be cisgender and back to he, him. Um, yeah. Share with our listeners that may be thinking that in, you know, as they're listening to this story. 
I mean, I hoped my anxiety about it would also be a phase, but that turned out to not be the case. <laughs> um, I would definitely say, and again, it kind of depends on the person and their journey. But for me, the two years where I was in the closet was subconscious, constant worry. Because even though no one really knew about it, I was constantly worried that someone would find out or someone would make fun of me for it or someone would just like, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's, I understand the ideology of the term. It's just a phase. But then also, I think we need to be able to understand is you need to be learning of that person's story, kind of like when my dad mentioned earlier, you need to be willing to learn and be accepting versus trying to throw every comeback you can at somebody because you don't want to admit or accept that. Well, and and I think for me too, it is really hard to decide who you are and who you will be. And I think we all need to give each other the grace to do that and to recognize that what I may deem a phase may be a natural progression of Jace's spirit learning who they are. And I need to, as their parent, be there to support that journey, whatever it may look like. And, you know, we also had to come to the conclusion, my husband and I, that, you know, Jace is 15 there are going to be a lot more things. Mm-hmm. There are going to be, you know, so many more things that do come as Jace continues to learn who they are. Um, yeah. And it's not up to us to make that decision for them. It's up to us to be there to support them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and Jace said and talked kind of about the anxiety we knew there was anxiety and depression there. We knew there was something wrong and we prayed all of the time. Like, please help us help Jace. And when Jace came out, it was like, wait, maybe we didn't want help this way. (laughs) Like, this is the answer, you know, but as we've worked through this the last few months to see the true Jace Mm -hmm. come out, um, into the light has been the biggest blessing to see that anxiety yeah. abate and to see their spirit shine yeah. um, and come forward. And it was like, this is what we prayed for. We just didn't realize the direction it was going to come in. <laughs> yeah. I think I couldn't have said that any better to, to uh, um, add my, my piece to it, I guess. Um, their journey their journey is is a journey we all go through from birth to you know childhood through adolescence up into adulthood and there are a lot of things along that journey that that influence us and through that I came to the realization that I have two very loving parents and I wanted Jace to have two loving parents that no matter what that journey looked like, no matter 
how that journey continues to evolve because again we're we're two months in but it's about love it's about support it's about understanding it's about acceptance it's about um being willing to go on the journey with them versus sending them out to do it on their own agreed yeah agreed there's some beautiful nuggets in this how do you feel, Jace, since coming out to your parents? Talk about your emotional health, these things that your parents have been praying for. Yeah, so I will say I do want to bring up what uh, my mindset before I came out, so that way the viewers get an idea of where I was. So that week that I came out was my first week at a OCD mental health facility because I was struggling with it a lot. and. It was interesting because while I was there, I grew a lot of strength in myself and confidence that I didn't other, otherwise have. And Tuesday that week, I was with a family member who had known at the time, and it felt very freeing that I was able to just be myself. And then I got to the hotel we were staying at, and immediately the anxiety and dread came back, and it felt even heavier than before. And I knew deep down that I had to tell them soon. Otherwise, it wasn't going to be good because I was planning on telling them. Um, I want to say it was. It was, uh, I would say August 28th was when I was planning on telling them because I knew my dad would be coming down. So that way we could do some stuff that weekend. And so that was when I was planning on telling them. But then I just knew I had to tell them. And so Wednesday, I wanted to find a way to do it, but I just didn't know how to do it yet. And then Thursday, I found an opportunity and I pulled them aside and I told them, and like they said, it didn't go well at first. And I talked with them for about an hour. And finally, I had said something along the lines of, do you guys need me to leave so you guys can have a moment to talk? And they had to, yeah, so they gave me the room key. And that walk between where we were sitting and to the hotel was probably the hardest walk I've done in a long time, just because I was crying because I it felt like it did not go well. But then two, three weeks later, what I was expecting to be like months or years, two, three weeks later, all of a sudden they start using they them pronouns and in my head I was like what the what is happening and I was so blessed with the amount of growth my parents had in such a short amount of time and the growth I was able to have as well both from the OCD center I was at and then also being willing to listen to them and learn as to what they needed from me to be able to uh, help them feel comfortable with it as well well, also me being able to feel comfortable hearing they, them pronouns and for them to be using those. That's a good answer. So it sounds like your OCD, or it sounds like your emotional health story since coming out to your parents and feeding their love. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems like you're just doing better. Definitely. <laughs> I That weight that I mentioned, some is still there because I'm not entirely out here where I live, but in regards to my family, 
it feels so much better being able to be myself. And my mental health is doing a lot better as well because I'm able to recognize when I need a break from stuff and when I need to focus on me for a certain amount of time and focus on spending time with my family. And so my mental health and my emotional health has just been getting a lot better, which I'm so grateful for. Um, it's a great segment. Listeners, I was at the, a fireside in the Taylor home in Southern Idaho. That's how I met all three of these wonderful people. And after speaking for 40 or 50 minutes, I, I took questions and I started that with, I, you know, you're welcome to ask me any question at this point. I usually don't get a question I've never been asked before. Um, and that's usually true. But Chase asked me one of the very best questions that's ever been asked of me. And I've thought about it many days since he asked that question. Because it just gave me an insight in what a great human being this person is. Um, they are. Will you ask that question again to me for our listeners to hear? Yeah. So the question that I asked Richard was, how can I continue to use the priesthood to bless others while also being able to feel comfortable with who I am? And the thing that just taught me about Jace in that question, he didn't ask a question really about Jace. Like, how do I go forward identifying as non-binary and how people are going to accept me and what can I do to sort of continue to find peace in other people that are supportive in my life, like my parents? That question was about serving other people and the priesthood that Chase holds and their desire to continue to use that priesthood to bless other people. So that question just taught me about Chase and his desire to bless other people. And even in the middle of a pretty complicated journey, his question was not about him. It was about serving other people. And I just, I just, I don't know what answer I gave because I don't think I have an exact answer, but I just got an insight into who you are and the kind of life you have ahead of you that's focused on other people and lifting burdens and blessing and using the priesthood that you obviously hold and still hold. Um, so any, have you had a chance to answer that own question you asked or have had more thoughts or your parents? Um, I'm going to speak for a bit and then I'm going to ask my parents if they have any insights. Cause I would love <laughs> some insight from you guys, but I would say the church has been one of those things for me that I want to continue to be a part of. I just want to figure out what that looks like for me. And the past few months, I feel like I've found a lot of that answer. I don't know that I found everything, but for me, it's, while I know I'm not feeling a hundred percent comfortable being identified as like brother you are or whatever, but knowing that at the end of the day that I'm so able to bless other people and make sure that they can get what they need is worth it to me in a way. So if, if keeping your priesthood and be able to use your priesthood, you're okay, you know, being called brother Yuri. Um, yeah, for right now. I love that answer. And I love that you're just for right now. And that's the way you're navigating that because I just recognize there's no roadmap. 
um, for your road. And there's not, and I think we're at the beginning of learning something that um, will continue to get more revelation on, you know, uh, and to just create a path for trans, non-binary, and Latter-day Saints as they move, as they move forward. Yeah, let's hear yeah. your parents, Curran and Amy. Um, I'll, I'll talk um, as far as, you know, when Jace told me that was their question, it did not surprise me. Um, <laughs> Jace, like, I would get frustrated at the store because I would be checking out and Jace would be gone because they were like three aisles over helping someone unload their cart. And, and I'd be like, no, we're in a hurry. And Jace would stop and help every single person mm-hmm. that they could find. And, um, and it is, so it, it, it touched me that that was their concern. Cause that is not my concern. Jace is going to continue to bless people everywhere they go, because that is just fundamentally who they are and who that spirit um, that ginormous spirit that's been in that body from birth. Um, and, and I had, I mean, I have had a lot of the same concerns, um, as far as, you know, what is Jace's place? Um, but I also have learned that I can trust Jace to find that place. And I can trust Jace that no matter what that place is, it's not going to change who they fundamentally are and their fundamental desire to serve. Yeah, I... When Jace was born, Jace came into this world and he was a very, they were a very small bundle of joy, um, quiet, but Jace has a smile, a presence, a spirit, and they were always looking after their sisters, finding ways to not only serve at home, but when we would go out or, or they would go out with Amy. Uh, I remember one such story. We were at a restaurant and Chase ran to open the door and I don't know, there must've been a good number of people. Uh, I don't know exactly how many, but Chase decided to hold the door open and was the last person going in. And it was like person after person after person. And even after coaxing him, come on, Jace, come on. You know, um, their response was no dad, no, this is, you know, I need to do this for them. This is, this is important. And, uh, it was great to see Jace has always had a, an aptitude of service. Um, he's, he's, they, they are, see, even we make mistakes. Um, uh, they are constantly looking out for others. And I think their biggest concern serving in the church is that they don't want, and, and I, again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Jace, but. From my understanding and from learning, you know, these last two months and conversations, numerous conversations we've had together as a family that um, their biggest concern is, I want to still serve. 
And if, and I can do that being in the church and I can do that. What does that look like? And I can having the priesthood means to serve and blessing others and whether it's passing the sacrament or it's going ministering, or it's just checking on our next door neighbors, which they do frequently, or it's checking on their sisters, checking on me through, you know, my health journey. Um, that's just who they are. And, uh, that, you know, that, that's, that is a characteristic that they came with. Um, you know, uh, they will maintain forever. They will maintain forever. I love that segment. I love your word, this ginormous spirit (laughs) that they have, that Jace has. And I love your examples of just who they are and, and the work. And I just sense when Jace asked that question, he just is, you know, I just think, um, this ginormous spirit from the premortal life has a unique life mission. And um, who you are is who you're meant to be, Jace. I don't think something went wrong. I don't think Heavenly Father is up there going, oh no, what went wrong? Jace identifies as non-binary. I just think this is part of your path. And it's a harder path. I think sometimes you love to be cisgender. Um, but at sometimes my LGBTQ friends get to the point where they receive enough personal revelation that this is who they are, that they feel really good about this part of them, partly because it, it, it allows them to reach and minister and help people that, um, because you're kind of part of a group that's been marginalized by society, you are able to bear the burdens of others and you're just more sensitive or more cognitive of other groups. I don't think God marginalized you, by the way. I think um, I think society has. So I I want to be clear on where I think the mar- marginalization occurs, and I think yeah. we're having kind of a great awakening of a society of, and our responsibility as Latter Day Saints is to kind of look outward and think who are the most the groups that really are the most marginalized, and what's my responsibility to help them feel included and needed and valued. And your parents are setting an example for that. Um, yeah, I one of the things that I've felt impressed listeners is this is our core doctrine of personal revelation, and and it's and and that I don't have the ability to judge other personal revelations. So, um, I just honor the personal revelation that Jace is receiving about who they are, and uh, I just I just honor that and support that, and then I look at. Um, Curran and Amy, as they're receiving personal revelation, the way they're supporting um, Jace, one of the challenges sometimes if other Latter-day Saints kind of start to judge any of of a family like this, Amy or Curran or Jace, and they feel that, you know, they feel judged from their faith community the way they're supporting an LGBTQ child. And I've heard some parents sort of say that's really hard sometimes instead of feeling an outreach of support from their LDS friends and family as they're supporting their LGBTQ child the best way they know how and receiving personal revelation, if they feel judged that that, and so I just invite, you know, they, Amy and Curran and everybody just needs an outpouring of love right now versus people pulling back and sort of, and I want the, I don't want them to feel like people are looking over their shoulder or they have to look over their shoulder and wonder, are we getting judged by our faith community the way we're supporting our LGBTQ child? Do any of you want to talk anymore? Because I just want people to feel like they belong and are needed in our church. And 
don't want this issue to divide us in the sense we lose really wonderful people, either that are LGBTQ or their or their family members that are straight because of the way we, the way they just feel. Anybody want to chime in on any of that? You know, I think um, as we've talked about it, I mean this this whole year has been so interesting. Um, a lot of people's colors have come out in so many different arenas and so many different areas. And it's like, why can we just be kind, be kind to each other? You have no idea um, what someone else is going through. And, you know, we, we had an experience that, you know, our, our daughter was sharing some things on social media and, and we had a friend who actually kind of came back and was like, Oh, you're wrong. And here's all of the reasons why. Versus saying, do you know what? That's interesting that you feel that way. Why do you feel that way? And yeah. and seeking to understand versus like, well, you're wrong and I'm right. And let me try and convince you why versus you have no idea what she's going through or what may yeah. be transpiring in her life and or in anyone's life. And just if you can act with kindness and empathy. Um, I was listening to a podcast, I believe it was one of, one of yours, and it was a mother um, I saw out in that three-week time frame, any parent podcast that I could find where a mother or a father was talking about their journey because I, we needed help. Mm-hmm. And she said, very, she said, you know, the thing that came to me was that my child already had a savior. They just needed me to love them. And I think that's true for all of us. Like we just need to love each other. This life is hard. And this year has been the hardest ever. And we're not making, a lot of people are not making it any easier for others. So just be kind, be kind. I serve in the LDS community um, as ecclesiastical leader. Uh, I serve as an elders quorum president of two wonderful counselors and uh, an executive secretary and a ministering secretary who who I just adore um, and feel very blessed to serve with. Serve with uh, an incredible bishopric uh, and serve under a, a stake presidency that is amazing. Um, brethren that are full of love, full of good. And, uh, you know, we've shared, we've shared our journey with them. And as we have done so, to your point, Richard, as you as you've invited on this podcast, those listening to love, to listen, to learn, uh, that is our plea as parents, first and foremost as parents, but then as leaders or as even patrons of the gospel, to listen and to learn and to seek understanding, uh, right, and to um, meet them where they are. Uh, I heard that phrase years and years and years ago, and I fell in love with it. You know, can we meet a person where they are? And what does that truly yeah. mean? When someone approaches us, they're going to have a personality. They're going to have a belief system. They're going to have uh, skills, traits, uh, experiences. experiences that may not be mine. And that's okay. And they're going to come, you know, with both conscious and unconscious biases. But if we can set those things aside, and we can talk as a human family and love and, and truly listen with love, 
then all of those other things melt away. They they disappear. And we can truly bring in the type of culture of gratitude and understanding that I think we all want. I think if we're seeking for peace on this earth, that's where that's how it has to start. That's certainly where it has to come from. It has to come from me, has to come from Jace, has to come from you, Richard, uh, or any of us. Um by rather than putting out our biases or uh, what we think we know, we need to first approach individuals, people of the human family with the idealism of seeking to learn and seeking to understand where are they coming from and who are they and what is their story. I think so yeah. often we tell a story in our head and we, we learn through mechanisms that you know the first few seconds of an interaction with a person makes that impression take a step back i implore you know all of us to take a step back and not allow those first three seconds to define that relationship but take a step back and seek to listen and to learn who they are and what their journey is and what experiences do they bring um quick story about that i had a had a boss um who was absolutely phenomenal. And uh, when my dad was passing away from sickle cell leukemia, chronic uh, CLL, um, it was a really, really bad time in my family's life. Um, and we were watching him deteriorate and it was a very difficult thing. And I, I went to my boss, my friend, and said, this, this is kind of what's going on. And he pulled me aside and he shared with me that his dad had passed in a similar manner and that he understood. The, the moral of the story was, though, that when my dad passed away, what impressed me the most about this man and this friend of mine was that he came from a Hindu background with a Hindu religion. And we had talked religion. We had talked about similarities, commonalities, and we had built a foundation of friendship on these things that were so common between our, our friendship, between our religion, our families. And we had this beautiful thing. And so when my dad passed, he spoke to me in my religious language using God. And God knows you. And he knows your struggle. And he's there for you. And that meant more to me than anything because he used my language to console me in my time of grief. Not using his religious language or his belief system, he took the time to meet me where I am or was at that time. And that did not compromise his beliefs exactly. at all. It just was to give love and comfort. And that is what we are seeking to do for you, Jace. Yeah. And for you, Richard, and for anyone who is listening, that is that is what we hope to achieve by being Jace's parents and by going on this journey with them. Yeah, I have to think your quorum has this same kind of culture. If I'm in your quorum, I feel safe to be in your quorum, and I feel welcome wherever I am, and you're coming together as the body of Christ in that quorum. That's a, so thank you, you two, for that segment. Jace, do you have thoughts you want to share? I do. Um, our family for the past few years has had this unspoken agreement 
where we kind of have a family motto for that year. Specifically, the past two years are the ones I remember the most because last year was meet people where they are. And my dad did his absolute best to make sure we understood not only what that meant, but the true meaning of that phrase. And meeting, and for the most part, I think my dad meant it for us to meet each other as siblings where we are, but also to meet people as they are. And like my dad mentioned earlier, don't judge people off of the first three seconds, because if you were to judge me now uh, off of the first three seconds versus me when I was like five years old at the first three seconds, I have grown exponentially. And so everyone is constantly evolving and changing. And my family and my parents have raised us to they've raised us to truly be Christ-like in that we love all people, not just the people who are convenient for us, but we truly just love all people. And it's one of the things that make me so happy to have them as my parents, because I know that it, uh, that whoever I meet, I know I'm just going to truly love them and uh, embrace them and make sure they know that they are loved. That's great. You just, all of you are just, I I call this um we're just owning our religion. We're practicing our religion. Um when complicated things come up, you're just practicing your religion. Everything you've taught here is practicing your religion and owning your religion and teaching your religion and implementing these principles that we've been taught in classroom into our own families when faced with unique situations. Talk Jace about sexual orientation. We've talked about gender identity. Um, yeah. Obvious, and this kind of took me a while to kind of separate the two. We haven't talked about your sexual orientation at all. Will you teach our listeners about your sexual orientation and how it's <laughs> different than your gender identity? Um, for me, my difference is gender identity is who I am as a person, and sexual orientation is the kind of person that I am attracted to. So for me, I don't really know the term for it, but I'm more attracted to feminine and uh, that sort of side of the spectrum. And for my sister, she identifies as lesbian. And so, but again, they are very different realms, though I know that they can get intermixed if you haven't heard the difference of them. And so... I want to make sure people know that there is definitely a difference between gender identity and sexual orientation. And thank you for that. And um, one of the, uh, on this book I wrote, listeners, uh, some of you are aware, the only chapter I dedicated a whole chapter to one group in the LGBTQ spectrum, or what I, the title of the chapter is Transgender Latter-day Saints. Because I wanted to separate that experience out because in the middle of this discussion, often non-binary, transgender kind of get lost behind gay and lesbian and not to minimize anybody's journey within any. Um, So I wanted to make sure that readers and this podcast and others, and I introduced that chapter with really what we're teaching here with two quotes, one by S. Michael Wilcox an institute teacher that says, in some matters, it's better to be intellectually uncertain rather than superficially sure. 
This will still leave us a great deal to be certain about why maintaining the humility to learn. And then Elder Uchtdorf in a worldwide training section, um, we can block the growth and knowledge our Heavenly Father intends for us. How often has the Holy Spirit tried to tell us something we need to know, but couldn't get past the mast of iron grade of what we thought we already knew? So I just share that with listeners. It's Those are quotes that want me to be humble, just what, you know, Jace's parents are doing as they learned about Jace is just be open to learning. And, you know, I think with gay and lesbian people, we're further down the road there. We recognize that this is a real thing. Um, this is, you know, how people come. Um, and it's not because of anything. It's just the way Heavenly Father's creating people. And but I think we're at the beginning of just understanding people that um, are non-binary and transgender. And I think in 20, 30, 50 years, we'll look back and, and wish we were kinder to people right now that identify the way Jace identifies. Because I think science is our friend. I think we'll understand more. This is not a mental illness. I think we'll understand the science behind this and why Jace yeah. feels the way he feels. Um, and I think, so what do we do? We just err on the side that, of listen, learn, and love. And, and that doesn't cost us anything. I look at our, you know, I look at charity. And in Moroni 7, if I've got that right, you know, just the definition of charity is what this podcast is, these guests on these podcasts are sharing with us. Um, more comments. We're at the hour mark. Um, Jace, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? I would say that I know that I definitely, my story is definitely not the majority and that my parents only took two, three weeks. And so I know just how blessed I am. And I want the listeners to know that my experience is going to be different, but that that doesn't mean that should stop them from taking the dive that they need to. And if they aren't in a place to be able to do that, then to know that there are still people there who will love them. And if they need time, then to give themselves a break and to not pressure yourself into doing it. Because for me, it, it took a lot to come out to my parents. And at first it felt like it backfired, but I want you to know that you are, you truly are loved and to give, to give the people that you want to come out to the benefit of the doubt and that they very well might surprise you. That's great. Curran and Amy? You know, I would say for parents to be quiet, the things, <laughs> the things that they um, that they have taught us have increased our level of knowledge and our level of love and understanding and truly Christ-like love. Yeah. Our children have taught us things this year that we never knew we needed to know. Um, and we did definitely make some mistakes by spouting the things that we thought we knew. And my advice to parents would be to ask questions, sincere questions that, um, that you need to know. Don't jump in and, um, Tell your children all of these things and the things that have been kind of taught to us from um, from the time we were little. Because as you may come to find out, those things it's not what your child needs to hear. 
your child needs to hear that you love them yeah. and that you want to understand and that you want to ask questions and give yourself some grace because it is not pretty. Um, it is not um, easy. And we had to give ourselves grace and we had to give each other yeah. grace because my husband and I did this journey very differently. We were on parallel paths where we would send each other information, but we had to each do it on our own. And I think that the Lord knew that. And that is one of the reasons that everything did transpire the way that it did, because I was in Utah, my husband was in Idaho, and we did have to do a lot of it on our own. And, And when I say on our own, it was us and the Savior. Yeah. Reach other sounding board going through this journey, but give yourself the grace. And I think that was something that um, our very wise daughter told Jace, you know, it's taken you two years to reconcile this in your head. You cannot expect mom and dad to do it in two minutes. <laughs> so you need to yeah. give them grace. You need to let them process because you've been processing for years and yeah and they were blindsided so please give them grace as well remember too they have thought a lot about this and it's yeah. so as, a, as a parent when your child comes out and wants to share things i guess my first piece of advice is read the room Right. Understand that what is going to be shared uh, may clash. It may um, ruffle feathers. It may hurt. It may hurt because it hurts. And it was something you just you just can't be prepared for it. So, yeah, I guess the the thoughts and feelings I want to share is you're not going to be prepared for it. That's okay. Breathe. Take a deep breath hear them out and ask, why do you identify that way? Help me understand. What does this mean? What does this mean to you? Right? How do we, how do we work with you? Right? Ask these questions and allow them to engage and to share thoughts and ideals and seek for understanding. Then go back and counsel with each other as husband and wife. Um, or as spouses, uh, partners, and communicate with each other so that you can understand together what that journey needs to look like, not only together as a family, but as individuals. Um, And that's the biggest thing that I, I took away from this was that my journey and my wife's journey looked very, very different in the resources and the communication and the things that we were sharing with each other. Uh, and as I said, we communicated a lot, not only together, but with Jace and we kept yeah. the channel open. We never closed it down. It was, if a question popped in our mind, we called, Hey Jace, mm-hmm. I had a thought today. Can you help me understand this? And Jace would do that. Okay. That's very interesting. Thanks for sharing that with me. By the way, how are you? How are things going? Yeah. And really keeping things in a, in a forward momentum. And then we would yeah. come back to each other 
and we would share, hey, I learned this today because I had a question. So I asked it, and this is what they shared with me. What do you think? Ooh, I hadn't thought of that. Cool, let's talk about that more. And then that created a larger dialogue. That dialogue led to more resources. Those resources led to a deeper understanding. That understanding led to us being more open and and allowing us to love more. And it became a, a circular thing for us. And it continues to be that. And that is my biggest takeaway is that these children need us as parents. They need they need their moms. They need their dads. They need their siblings. They need their support system. Be there. Be there to support them. Seek to understand and, and ask those all important questions because they will feel heard. And I know, I know, Jace, that when we first started this journey, that it was more about me feeling to be heard than you needing to be heard. And I've hopefully course corrected because I love you. Definitely. And I want you to know that. And this is so important and powerful um, that I feel this is a message that needs to be shared. Yeah. The one last one I would give for those who would like to come out, I would say, try to go in and prepare yourself but don't go in ready. I feel the one thing that we as humans try to do is say that we're ready for everything. But honestly, the co- this type of conversation, you truly can't be ready for. And so prep yourself by trying to think of the questions that they will ask and come up with an answer. But don't ready yourself for it because it, it can go in very different direction than you first expect. So go in prepared, but don't go in ready. This has been a great podcast. Um, I just look at, um, I wrote down the word fruits, and I look at one of our doctrines is what's the fruits of our behaviors and what's the fruits of what's going on. And I look at the fruits of this story, and and here you've got Jace that is just beaming in this podcast, and I sense his emotional health is in a great spot. He has hope for his future. He has a loving family supporting him, and to me that's a fruit of the gospel. It's a fruit of great parenting. It's a fruit of honoring, you know, um, Jace's gender identity. And that's what we want as parents. And I love, so I just love, you know, and I look at, you know, Curran and Amy and all the things that they're doing and learning and being willing to just be honest and, and set aside past assumptions. And I, I recognize just all the people in your circle that probably, I just, that, are benefiting from your ministry and your increased ability to love everybody and, and all your family coming together in ways and having conversations that a lot of families can't have. And I think any topic in your family is safe now. And that's what we want as parents is to be able to have our children. You've got five of them, I believe, to be able to open up. And so we as parents can walk with them on the road that they're walking and understand and and I love paradoxes. You know, there's paradoxes in this situation. You know, there it's a binary kind of, we, we know the paradox, you know, we're female or male. And so here is Jace that's identifying as non-binary, and that's kind of a paradox. And so <laughs> I've learned to just kind of live with paradoxes and say that I'm just going to live with that that gray and that paradox, and I don't have to have everything answered for me right now. But what I can do is just what you're doing. 
And that to me isn't a paradox. That's just um, living our religion. And this has been a, an hour about living our religion in real life yeah. on a specific issue that it brings us together. So um, on behalf of all our listeners, I would love to reach through wherever they're listening. They'd love to give you a Jace, a hug. And your wonderful parents, um, you've got a big Seattle Seahawks shirt on, Curran, and, um, and I just, you know, I just love this family and, and who you are and, and what you're doing. And so with that all, on behalf of all our listeners that love you and are grateful for this podcast, this is Richard, Off, Richard Osler and the Erie family signing off on another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love.